oh my gosh, this is so funny. Sometimes um, when messages want to come through, I start burping and I'm like starting to burp now. So please hold. And this is funny because this is not part of the interview, but they want me to give, tell you something. <laughs> is, that, okay. is that okay with you? No, that is absolutely okay. That was Wendy Shepherd from Vancouver, Canada. Wendy identifies as a green witch and had received a message for me from her spirit guides. Wendy is one of the many modern day witches I've spoken to over the last few months. And the message she received was one telling me not to fear the new world I had just dived into. Thousands of people have become consumed in the world of witchcraft, and I am on a journey to find out why. My name is India Rose, and I am going into the unknown to meet witches. We've lost looking for the magic in everything, because the very fact that we exist is magic, but it's just tossed aside these days, do you know what I mean? Psychic mediums. So I sense, I sense certain things maybe in the aura, or I see them, or I hear, sometimes I hear. And even a paranormal investigator. My paranormal investigation team is very focused on what we call um, doing resolves or resolution, um, which is what most people call like cleansings. We, we fix the hauntings, that's what we're there to do. To find out what they do, why they do it, and where a witch's place lies in the modern day. Over the last few years, Britain and America have seen a huge rise in people identifying as witches. A study done by Quartz in the USA has shown that in 2008, 400,000 people identified as Wiccan. As for Britain, the 2011 census showed that 11,000 people in the UK identify as Wiccan too. Wicca dates back to the mid-20th century in both countries and is a large religious movement also known as pagan witchcraft. Although, not all witches are Wiccan, meaning we may never know the exact number of people that identify as witches. Dr Marta Cobb from the University of Leeds has a PhD in medieval English literature and expertise in medieval witchcraft. I suppose this is something that goes forward into the early modern period, the idea of witches as specifically being harmful to, to humans. Society felt threatened by witches in history, but how does society feel about them now? What do you think of when you hear the word witch? Initially, I think about the witches in Shakespeare in Macbeth. You know, that, that whole idea of them concocting and devious plans around a cauldron. Um, probably like Halloween, I'd say, and like dressing up as a little kid. I think the Wizard of Oz. That's why it reminds me of a witch's, yeah. When I hear the word witch, it makes me think of all the evil witches in Disney movies. turn red, tempt snow white, to make her hunger for a bite. <laughs> you cursed brat! Look what you've done! I'm melting! Melting! I'm just saying you might want to rethink the stereotype before someone turns you into a toad. And while you're at it, why don't you try removing that broomstick from your... If I see one more idiot that thinks witches are all hairy moles and rotten teeth... Excuse me, do you have any candy corn? Oh, look at you. It seems that society still associates witches with fantasy movies and evil stereotypes. But how do witches identify themselves? 
Shannon Pearl is a musician from Sunderland and identifies as an electric witch. Well, there is absolutely millions of different types of witches you could be. <laughs> I think everybody is a bit of a witch, but just don't know it. I, I didn't used to identify as a witch per se. I didn't use that term until recently, but I'm more of an eclectic witch. So that means I'll pick and choose what I like from different aspects of all of witchcraft and use what's comfortable to me sort of thing and um, because th there is a lot of roads you could go down and some of them are quite specific in which way you're supposed to practice or certain things you can't do so I just like to simplify it and whatever I feel is right for me then I use it in my practices. Electic witches are almost always non-religious however there are different types of witches that combine both religion and witchcraft like Joshua Cross Joshua is from Oregon in the USA and is a practitioner of folk magic. Witchcraft has kind of become this huge umbrella term that's kind of encompassed all spiritual practices these days. Um, my particular kind of slice of it is something that we call folk magic. And folk magic is essentially the, the magic of the people. And all countries have it, all cultures have it. Uh, my particular brand of it is uh, Mexican-American or uh, North American in general. So I practice something that we call American Brujeria, which is kind of the um, the, the Mexican-American version of, of the folk magic of people who have immigrated from Mexico into the United States. Um, sometimes people call this work um, hechiceria, which is kind of Spanish for uh, sorcery. Uh, but essentially what my practice looks like is, it, it looks like Catholicism is what it looks like. And I identify as a Catholic, which freaks people out. The reason that Josh feels people are surprised that he is Catholic is because usually witchcraft links in with paganism. Yet I've found along my journey that when it all comes together, most witches practice the same kinds of magic, no matter where they lie on religion. Dr. Marta Cobb explained to me how witchcraft pulled together with religion in medieval times. I think most religions that I have any understanding of have some scope for magical practice. So if, if you think about Europe, you have you have whatever beliefs there are in Christianity, and you know, you do have some magical events happening, especially in the Old Testament. You'd have through the inherit the Greco-Roman inheritance, you'd have that sort of concept of magic as well. So, you know, you have witches and powerful sorceresses in Greek mythology. Rome had a concept of witchcraft. And then I suppose you would also have whatever local traditions you would have in Europe as well. So I suppose we've got to see this as a sort of synthesis of these different beliefs sort of being pulled together. Every single witch I've spoken to has had one thing in common, using sage and other natural herbs for cleansing their environment. And so I asked Shannon to show me how it's done. Also, this is what it looks like when it's a light. It's a nice smoldering. It smells unreal because there's lavender and mint in there. I like the smell factor. That's why I put them in. So you'll just literally circulate all around your room. And I like to just say, um, bad vibes be gone, good vibes come along. And that's all I say. Do 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 all the way around the house. This may sound very stereotypical in a sense, but are a potion something that you create? Potions, <laughs> I like to call them potions because it's 
you just instantly think of like a, a steamy vial of green sparkly liquid, don't you? Um, I grew up with all the fairy tales and watching the witches on there and loving it. But real potions in real life are actually quite normal. They're quite mundane and you can use things like you have in your kitchen cupboard. Like it's nothing special unless you want it to be. For me, potions, I make potions most of the time. It's more like smoothies, what I put special intentions into. So say I wanted to be energised, I'd use specific herbs that I've grown myself specifically for that and put it in. And then you've got a little thing what you say when you stir it a certain way and boom, it's a potion. Like Shannon, Anwen Avalon also likes to use herbs and natural ingredients in her practices. Anwen identifies as a water witch and is from rural Oregon in the USA. There is a strong element of, of nature and natural objects. And as witches, we often do things like pick up the acorns or that random bone that you just found in the woods. And for sea witches or water witches, it's the same. We walk the shorelines because that's what we love. We love to be there. And then we find things like washed up and dead starfish or sand dollars and shark's teeth. Also with water, such an important support for this path are the plants as well. And so knowing like what your basic herbs, knowing what your, your magical trees do are really important because a cup of tea can absolutely be medicinal and magical. Anwen really is in the perfect destination for finding natural ingredients to use for her spells. Her Instagram shows off vibrant forests with a hidden river running throughout. The images have a very magical feel about them. Anwen had told me that she was the high priestess of a coven. My path as a priestess is very much in service to the water, to nature, to um, preserving and, and making it sacred. Um, and I had spirit contact as like really young kid. I remember seeing spirits at six, having precognitive dreams roughly around, like starting roughly around puberty. And, and, and I still have those interactions. Anwin was not the only one with psychic abilities that I had come across on my journey. Irene Forsyth from York is a psychic medium and a Reiki master. So basically what I do is I tune in to the angelic realm and to my guides. And I think they're around us all the time. It's about paying attention to some of the, what do they call these? When they, they leave you messages or like there's certain positive things, or if you ask for something and you need confirmation, for me, it's like feathers or it's a voice in, I know it sounds like about schizophrenia, the voice in my head. And it's a very soft voice. It's not my voice. It's a soft voice. And it usually, you know, guides me. Reiki is an energy healing treatment that descended from Japan in the late 1800s. Reiki practitioners use their hands to transfer a universal energy to the patient, which is said to encourage emotional healing. I was curious as to how this worked, and so Irene kindly performed a short online session with me. A couple of deep breaths, breathe in through your nose deeply into filling your lungs and then release slowly let go of any stress or tension on the out breath and then another deep healing breath in again feel your body slowly tensing and then release letting go of anything that no longer serves your higher purpose and one more time deep healing breath and then breathe out 
and so we'll start. Send that lovely energy and I will ring my symbol when it's time to come back. The room was lit with candlelight and the soothing music was playing gently in my ear as I felt myself relaxing into the feather pillow. Welcome back. Thank you. Enjoy that? Oh, that was lovely actually. It was really nice. I feel really refreshed and sort of relaxed and lovely. Yeah. <laughs> That's really positive. Early traditions of Hinduism introduced chakras. A person's chakras are seven different focal points that are used in meditation and Reiki practices. Irene told me what she saw in mine throughout our Reiki session. So we have so we have seven chakras, major ones, but we have lots of little ones, and these okay. are like end centers. You know, like in, they're, they're Sanskrit from India. Yeah, so they're energy centers, and each of them hold emotions and certain things about our lives. So the root chakra is about survival. It's about family, home, money. But when I see red, I think I think of that. But I also think of love and passion. I think of passion. And I thought, okay, well, lots of passion happening, right? She's really excited about whatever subject she's doing, which is really great. So I saw some of those because I also saw a deep fuchsia pink. So I thought, okay, it's all wrapped up in that. And then within like, I swear, less than a minute, it turned all blue, bright blue. And I was like, wow, when I see that, that's really intuitive. That's like people who really you know, can sense and feel things. So I thought, okay, I'll write that down. Deepest blue. Cause usually that's the color of our third eye. But when I looked at your third eye, it was a different color. It was green. <laughs> and I think it's green because you're healing it still. You're trying to trust your sense, your sixth sense, and you don't always. So it's just healing it right now. So I thought, oh, that's okay. That's good. That's better than it being anything else. <laughs> so I don't mind. Irene continued to tell me about spirit animals and my energy, and everything she said seemed to make sense. Overall, the Reiki session had made me feel relaxed and focused on my journey ahead. But I've been fed a lot of information, and Irene's judgement about trusting my sixth sense wasn't wrong. I was suspicious, and something that Dr. Marta Cobbard said was an interesting thought. I suppose... Is, is magic an explanation for questions for which we have no other answer? Emma Griffin from Cornwall is an electric witch and Reiki practitioner like Irene. She told me about why she started her path. I've been brought up like this, so my mum was a witch, so it's always been normal. She sort of didn't really show any spells or anything, it was very private. She had different things that she liked. And then when I was about 18, I was told I wouldn't be able to have children by a tarot reader, which made me panic. So I went on this thing of like, right, I need every single witchcraft book there is, and I need to do witch um, magic every single day to actually be able to have kids, and that's what I did. Emma went on to have two children, who are now both young adults. Her and her daughter practice together. I'm a crystal practitioner as well, so I've always worked with crystals. Again, that's what my mum and I'm always carrying them around with me. So um, I do 
Reiki healing, but I use crystals as well to align the chakras and I sort of, I cleanse the auras and I can also see auras and then I can also do past lives and spirit guide work and things like that within my healing sessions. Emma is not only a healer, but also a psychic medium. I started seeing spirits when I was four. I loved it as a child, no, because I thought it was normal. And then all kids can do this. Everyone does this. And then when you get to age of nine, school kind of tells you that it's not normal. Like Emma, Karen Aldridge from York says she also started seeing ghosts from a young age. Because I first started seeing ghosts, I must have been about five that I can remember. And I used to have this man he used to come and stand in my bedroom doorway, this Chinese man. I was absolutely terrified at the time. I can still see his, I can close my eyes and still visualise his face now. And he used to stand there, just come and stand there and stare. Never used to say anything, never used to do anything, just used to stand and stare. Karen identifies as an electric witch and believes that her abilities run in the family. I think I actually probably was open to the energies before then because my mum used to say to me, I used to talk to people who used to come in the room and I used to sit in the talk, I used to be jabbering away and talking to people. And she'd come in and think, who are you talking to? But my mum also had gifts as well. My mum would never have an open fire. She used to see things in the open fire. And she, when we were little and, and we lived in Germany, she um, scared the life out of my dad. My dad used to say she was she was weird. <laughs> she's just she's just freaky and she said oh the man upstairs he's just died and my dad was like what what are you on about what you're literally seconds later there was a hammering on the door and the lady german lady came down and said can you please go and get the doctor my husband's just died karen explained a circumstance to me in which she had shown similar abilities to her mother but the same happened with that boat that went down. You know, the boat that went down in uh, in Dover in the 80s and lots of people got killed. We were, due, we were due to go on that boat. I stood on the top of Dover watching that boat leave. My husband was absolutely furious. And, and the people who we were going with as well, they weren't very happy because they wouldn't go. They ended up not going. But when and we got home and then my next door neighbour come running around and said, put the telly on. I'm like, what? She said, put the telly on. I'm like, what are you on about? She said, just put the telly on will you and the boat had sunk the ferry that karen was talking about is now notoriously known as the zeebrugge ferry disaster the ferry named the herald of free enterprise capsized on march 6 1987 which resulted in the deaths of 193 passengers and crew I never doubt it. If I get that feeling and I get that feeling that I, I mustn't do something, then I won't do it. I never doubt my sixth sense now. Karen, Emma, Shannon and Josh all come from families who have practised in the craft in the past. But Arya Ravenswood from York stumbled into witchcraft in a different way, through what she calls initiation. I had an occult initiation, which was about 15 years ago. When I got initiated, that sort of gift got passed to me. And it's known as passing the lamp in occult societies, particularly amongst the Freemasons, where someone very old and sort of sage that's about to die, usually, passes their sort of magical information onto a young apprentice. Although Aya's journey into the craft was a little different, her practices were similar to others. Generally, when it comes to spells, you start to realise that people all want the same things, um, which are like money, love or health. 
and witches generally sort of practice around these things uh, other than if you go into black magic and people want a curse which I don't do that but those are sort of the main sort of spells that there are out there. Joshua Cross from Oregon in the US doesn't practice black magic himself but his job is to send the negative energies on their way as a paranormal investigator. I'm the weird kind of spooky one on the team. And so anytime there's something scary, like they're like, cool, so we're going to send Josh down. And I'm like, awesome, thanks. I have worked on cases before where the clients have had recorded video of the oldest male in the house jumping from a second story balcony. They had um, a split level in their home and they have it on video of him jumping from the second story balcony down to the first floor in which he then runs on all fours into the kitchen and opens the fridge and begins to eat raw a hamburger out of the fridge. And what was interesting about this case was he did not believe that these nighttime disturbances were happening. They they talked to him in the morning and be like, bro, you did this thing last night. And he's like, no, I didn't go away. So that's why they started recording it. This wasn't the only story Josh told me. Some sounded so scary, he almost had me running for the hills. I wanted to know how him and his team finished the job. So normally, um, it depends on kind of what the entity is that I'm working with. But normally, if you go through and you can use um, different types of burning herbs or resins, things like frankincense will kind of scare them away. So you can go through and you can you can burn those things. I do say prayers. The idea is that you want to raise the vibration in the space until it becomes uninhabitable for them. Imagine if you were to begin playing a noise that was like in a certain frequency. You know how like when you do like a dog whistle and dogs like freak out? It's a little bit like that. So through like burning herbs and saying prayers, and calling in good things, we can raise the vibration and then it becomes very uncomfortable for them and then they have to leave. Many of the people I have encountered along my journey have told me that anyone can be a witch. Some of them even offer witchcraft classes. However, Josh doesn't seem to feel the same way. You have people who are like born witches, people who are like meant to do this, and you have people who kind of later decided that maybe it was neat and decided to then become witches. We have kind of two different species there. Um, I, I'm not necessarily comfortable saying that one is better than the other or whatever, but they they are definitely different. And the people who I've met who are kind of born witches all had this very intense sense of urgency around it, that if they didn't, it was a matter of life or death. I felt that if I didn't tap into this, that... I would then be ignoring my purpose here. But say you did want to access your inner witch. Why do it? What does being a modern day witch mean to you? To me, it means being connected to who I feel I truly am and having ways to like continue to connect to myself in those ways. I think in human society in general, we are so disconnected from who we are and how we move throughout like the entire universe um and we're so disconnected from our connections and even ourselves so being a witch to me means just being able to identify with that and being able to understand that it gives us peace of mind it's like it's nice because i don't have to try and be a witch it's not like i thought one day right i'm going to be a witch that's me now I've just always been inclined to have rituals 
to improve my own personal energy and the energy around us where I live. Know what you want to manifest, have the, have the bravery, have the courage, the will to do it, um, dare to do it, and then keep silent about it. Don't, don't tell anyone what you've done, <laughs> just wait for it to happen. Um, and that's sort of the rules of, of magic. It is a practice. So some people think that witchcraft is a religion and, and that's true in some cases, but truthfully, it's a practice and it, it is about practicing and continuing to do it and repeat in order to become better at things. Just keeping me grounded as a woman at 45, um, being connected to the seasons and the moon that I'm obsessed with and just being able to focus my intention into what I'm trying to manifest, always, but always for the good. I have realised along my journey that the fantasy movies really couldn't be more wrong. Modern day witchcraft is about being at one with nature and more importantly, yourself. Many swear by the moon cycle and whatever gifts Mother Nature has to offer. Most ask for things that everyone wants fortune, love, happiness. They have no interest in evil and darkness. The truth is, every one of us does a form of magic. Birthday cakes, when you blow out the candle and make a wish. We all do forms of magic, but we just don't realise that we're doing forms of magic or recognise it. Thanking Epidemic Sound for the following tracks. The Storyteller by Kyoru, Chandra by Vansandano, with Open Eyes I See by Sunfish Grove, the Enchanted Forest by Alexander Woodward, Another State of Mind by Mandala Dreams, Joust by Trevor Kowalski, and Disturbing Call by Xperia.